So today's daf is Kavav in Yoma. We are uh, starting on Kavav Amud Aleph. We are at the top of the Amud, uh, where it's uh, the new Mishnah, uh, discussing that the two, there are two more lotteries that had to be done, um, in addition to the uh, the two that we spoke about already. So... Uh, so it says, So the third lottery was for people who was the first time ever to bring the ketoret. In other words, they, uh, the people who uh, had never done it before. So the only people included in this lottery were people who had not before uh, participated in ketoret. You only got to do it once. So if you had done it before, so then you were not included in this lottery. So they, in other words, only the Kohanim who had never had a chance to do this mitzvah before were included in the lottery. And the, uh, so they did that. So uh, so they would say, come and uh, and do a lottery if you're new to the Ketoret. And then the fourth lottery was that included everyone. It didn't have to be only the new people. It could be the old people as well, meaning people who are veterans, people who are new. Um, because the last process was taking the limbs of the korban that were placed on the ramp. We know that they were placed it on the ramp, and then another kohen would come and carry it from the ramp onto the mizbeach. We learned that before they divided up the labor. So the first part was placing all of the different components of the korban on the ramp, and then the second step was actually placing those components on the fire. So these two stages were done by two kohanim, two different lotteries for that. So those, these are the last two lotteries. The one for ketoret, which is only so restricted to somebody who has not before done the mitzvah of ketoret. And then the mitzvah of putting the, uh, putting the, uh, uh, the limbs of the korban onto the mizbeach, which was done by anybody. Now the Gemara says, Tana me'olam lo shana adamba. Nobody ever got to do the ketoret twice. You only got to do it once. My time, what's the reason? I'm Rabbi Chaninav. Now, and that makes sense because if you think about it, that each shift of kohanim, they only serve twice a year because there are 24 shifts of Kohanim and uh, they work a week at a time. So it's two weeks a year and there's a bunch of them. There's a lot of Kohanim in each shift. It's a whole families. So the chance that you're going to get the, you know, that you're going to be chosen for the Ketorot is not such a high uh, chance. So a person doesn't do it more than once because each, because if you've already been included, so you're not included in the future lotteries, you've already done it and there's plenty of Kohanim to go around who haven't done it yet. So what... Huh? In the lifetime, yeah, in the lifetime, because because there was so few opportunities to do it because it's only done twice a day. You only serve two two weeks out of the year as a kohen with your whole group, you know. So if you were there, and and really, e- even the uh, even the um, your week that you come up. Each day is only certain family that is serving on that day of the week. So it's not like everybody is serving every day. They're there as backup. But one, let's say the family that's serving on that day, the lottery, they only have two uh, ketorot, one in the morning and one in the evening. So the chances of you over a lifetime having more than one is not so high because, you know, because they, they, they had plenty of kohanim to go around. So my time, what's the reason? The reason is because it makes you wealthy. So therefore everybody would want it. It's for parnasa, so that uh, they had to uh, really vie for it. It would be like if you could only do tichal uh, parnasa once in a lifetime. So then, you know, it, 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 the, it restricts, it makes it more attractive and special uh, that since it becomes, it's something that brings you wealth and everybody would want to do it. So they want to be able to give a person once in a lifetime uh, uh, opportunity and not have the same person getting it every time because then, you know, it's like excluding the other people that includes more people that way. What's the reason? Where do you get the idea, meaning that the Ketorot makes you rich? That's the blessing of Moshe Rabbeinu to Shevet Levi. When he says that they put the Ketorot, they put the incense, so to speak, 
speak in your nose, meaning that they bring the incense to Hashem. Uchtiv batrein, it says that Baruch Hashem Chelo, that Hashem is going to bless your wealth. So you see from that that the Ketoret, what is, what is Moshe Rabbeinu talking about there? He's talking about bringing the Ketoret. And he says, Baruch Hashem Chelo, that Hashem is going to bless your money. So that means that it brings you wealth. He says, Iachi, if that's true, Ola Nami, what about a Korban Ola? Ketiv, it also says, V'chalil al Mizbechecha. So it all says in the Pasuk, it, does, it says, Yasim Uktorah Bapecha V'chalil al Mizbechecha. We read it in Vezota Berucha. Right, we, we, you know, when we read the uh, uh, the end of the Torah, so what does it say? It says it mentions Ketorah, but it also mentions Korban Ola. Khalil is another word for Ola because it means something that is completely burnt, right? So it's saying so that also should make you wealthy then, because the pasuk says It says that the Kohen brings Ketorah and he brings Ola, and Hashem you should bless him. So that shows you that the blessing comes for the Ola also. So it says no. So it says no. The difference is that the difference is that it's more. More rare. In other words, you have olot all the time, right? They have the koban ola of the morning and the afternoon, but you also and but each one of those olot requires many kohanim. First of all, so you have lots of opportunities to be involved in the regular ola, and then almost everything or much, I would say, much of what is brought during the day, individual korbanot, people who bring their donated korbanot, a lot of them or most of them are olot. So there's plenty of opportunity to do korban ola. But ketoret is a special mitzvah that is done rare, uh, rarely. So since it's done rarely, it has this, it has the special, uh, segula that it brings wealth. Not the thing that is very common to do, but the thing that's very special to do. And that is the ketoret. So now Amar Ravarava says, he says, la mashkachat, tzurva merabanan, demorei, you don't find any rabbinical student, meaning any Talmud Chacham, who can answer halacha, who rules on halacha, unless they come from Shevet Levi, or from Shevet Yisachar. We know that Pasuk, that it says that the Shevet Levi, they're going to teach your laws to, to, to the Jewish people. And Yisachar, when it comes to Yisachar, what's the Pasuk that talks about Yisachar? It says, it says they had the understanding of the times. Now the pshat maybe, uh, and, and then it says ladat Israel. So they would, so the Jewish people would know what to do. So the, the pshat might be that they knew calendar. A lot of I think that the uh, a lot of the mefarshim interpret that as meaning they knew how to fix the calendar. They they had an understanding of itim of times. Okay. Meaning they can, yeah, right. So, but it's but they're interpreting it as meaning all kinds of halacha, not just not just the calendar that they were experts in, but they were experts in all of halacha. Right, and that's why it says Yasimu. So it says that uh, that that meaning they give halachic rulings. What about Yehuda Nami? Yehuda it says Yehuda is my lawmaker, so that means he's the one who is uh, teaching Torah. And I said I'm talking about knowing the answers to halachic questions. In other words, learning Torah, establishing, studying the Torah is one thing, and of course Yehuda also excels in that. Mechokiki means that he's the one who studies and understands the laws properly, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's out there being the one giving direction to people. If you see people who are directing others in the matters of halacha, they must come from. Shevet Levi or Shevet Yisachar, according to this. Okay, now that doesn't necessarily mean exclusively. We're saying most of the time that's going to be the case. Rabbi Yochanan, if I that remember you have two korban tamids of the day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. So the question is, there's two. You could just do one lottery. Now we mentioned so far four lotteries, right? You could do that four lotteries and then say, okay, and whoever did the morning. 
do it again in the afternoon and uh that's you know that's that's fine or you could say no a new lottery so that the first the nine or ten or thirteen kohanim that did the morning they are done now and we'll give a chance to other people to do the uh not that they wouldn't be included in the lottery but I mean we we include everybody again to give people another chance why you know so that that's so he's saying no whoever was the chabo bishachrit whoever did uh, a certain performance in the morning whoever did the shchita in the morning does the shchita of the afternoon korban whoever did the shchita in the morning does the shchita of the afternoon korban he's saying it's a package deal okay when you win that lottery you get both according to Rabbi Yochanan they raised an objection it says that just like they made a lottery for shachrit they made it for ben arbaim they made it for the afternoon so that means it's two things so it's not necessarily the same lottery that covers both. So he says, That's talking about only the Ketorot. The Ketorot, because it was such a coveted mitzvah, people wanted it so badly, so they made an opportunity, they made two opportunities. The person who did the Ketorot in the morning, a different person would do it in the afternoon. They wanted to allow more people to have the zikhut of doing it. But the Korban Tamid, whoever did it in the morning, does the same in the afternoon. Ve'atanya, but it says, Lo is it, but masculine version, right? If it's talking about the Ketoret, it should say la. It should say it in the feminine, not in the masculine. The masculine means the Korban Tamid, meaning just like the Korban Tamid of the morning, there is a pais, there's a lottery to determine who's going to get the zechut to do the different mitzvot. The same thing about the afternoon. It's a separate lottery, it sounds like. It says, no, ema la. You have to correct it. It's a typo. It should say a hey, which would make it feminine, meaning the only thing they do a repeat of the lottery on is the Ketoret. Everything else... Is repeat of the morning, right? Now, but then it says, In that bright, that's very clearly emphasizing the masculine and the feminine. You can't say it's a typo now, because it's saying specifically, just like we have a lottery for the morning, Korban Tamid, which is in the masculine, we have a lottery for the morning, for the afternoon, Korban Tamid, masculine. And just like we have a lottery for the Ketoret of the morning, feminine, the language is feminine, so too we have a, uh, a lottery for the afternoon Ketoret, and that's why it's using the word La, which means feminine, meaning it's referring to the Ketoret, which is Nekevats, feminine. So what is it telling you? It's telling you that there's obviously two lotteries, one for the morning, one for the afternoon. So how could Rabbi Yochanan say that there's only one lottery? So Amarav Shmuel Bar that the only time you have two lotteries is on Shabbat. Why? Because in the middle of Shabbat, you switch the Mishmar, you switch the, the, the guard. So the morning is done by the previous week. In other words, the people who are on duty all week, their last service is Shabbat morning. And the people who are the newcomers that are starting their week, they start in the afternoon. So they start in the afternoon and they go till the next Shabbat morning. And in that morning, they finish their service with the Koban Tamid of the morning. And they hand it over to the new people who go from the Shabbat afternoon till the next Shabbat morning and so on. And so they divide up the Lechem Apanim between the two Mishmarot. It discusses in Masachet Sukkah exactly how they divided it up and, uh, and, and who got what. But basically the idea is that the, cha- the sh- change of the guard. So it wouldn't make sense. You can't make a lottery in the morning and say whoever won in the morning is going to do the afternoon because it's going to be different people. Right? Yeah, it won't work. It's not the same people. So during the week, Rabbi Yochanan said, during the week, so when you make a lottery in the morning that the person who wins, let's say, doing the shchitav, the korban tamid, gets for the morning and the afternoon. The person who wins the shchitav, the korban tamid, morning and afternoon. The person who gets to put the head of the, you know, on the, on the ramp, the morning and afternoon. 
but the but on Shabbat you can't do that because it's a different group. So therefore you have to make one lottery for Korban Tamid of the morning and one lottery for Korban Tamid of the afternoon. And according to what we originally thought, that it means that you would have another lottery for the afternoon, right? Meaning they challenged Rabbi Yochanan thinking that what the Breitah was suggesting is that there should be an additional lottery for the people in the afternoon, even if it's the same people. Right? So, so how did they justify that question? They would have then too many lotteries. I mean, in other words, how could you have even thought that there would be an additional lottery for the afternoon korban? We said that there's only four lotteries. That would make eight. So how could you possibly say that there's more than, that there's uh, four more lotteries in the afternoon? He says, because, In other words, what we originally thought was that you gather everyone, not that they gathered eight times, they gathered in the morning four times. Right, each time they would gather for another. First, they gathered to determine the Chumat tradition. Then they gathered to determine who's going to do the korban tamid of the morning. Then they gathered to do the ketorah. Then they gathered to do the, uh, the bringing of the um, pieces of the korban onto the mizbeach. These four lotteries were done in the morning. We don't have more than four. But when we had them gather those four times, what the Gemara was suggesting was when they decided who's going to do the korban tamid of the morning, they also decided who's going to do the korban tamid of the afternoon. They didn't reconvene later and do the lottery again. But they had two separate lotteries. One, in other words, they said, okay, who's going to, let's count for who's going to be the person who does the korban tamid of the morning. And then they went around the circle, you know, counting the fingers the way that they did it. And they determined it. Said, okay, let's now figure out for the afternoon. And they determined it again. That's what the Gemara thought that they did. Not that they reconvened eight times to do eight different lotteries. That they combined it. They combined it together. But anyway, the Gemara is concluding that according to Rabbi Yochanan, you don't even have to do that. Whoever got Shkitav Koban Tamid gets morning and afternoon. Whoever got Zrikav Koban Tamid gets morning and afternoon. That's it. Right? Right. And except on Shabbat, you can't do that because it's different people. Right? And except for Ketoret, because Ketoret seemingly is some, the only exception where, you know, they wanted to give people, uh, uh, they wanted to spread the wealth of the Ketoret, literally, you know, spread it for more people. So therefore they, they had to. But in any case, that's the way that it worked. Now, So the last... Pais, the last lottery that they had was who's going to bring the limbs of the korban tamid that were left on the ramp and put them up on the mizbeach itself. So it says, This is, in, this is contrary to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. He didn't agree with this. According to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, we don't make a distinction. We don't appoint a different person to take the limbs that were placed on the, uh, uh, on the ramp and put them on the fire. We don't. Whoever brought certain limbs up to the uh, ramp, he then goes and puts it onto the fire. Whoever brought the head and the back leg or whatever, he's going to put them on the fire. So each person goes back and that's the finishing their job. He said, it's not a different job. You put it down because they have other things that they have to do before they, uh, before they put the, um, the, the limbs onto the fire. But you, we're not going to give a different person to complete that job. Right, so he says it's one job. So what's the machloket? Our tana holds The more people involved in a mitzvah, the better. So you got the mitzvah of bringing the, that part of the korban up to the ramp, and you put it down. Then we interrupt for some other parts of the avodah, and we come back to put the limbs. Let somebody else do it. It's a big mitzvah. Let them do it. Why do they have to be the same person? Right, so that's the logic of the Tanakhama. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says, According to, according to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, the way that Rashi explains it, he says it's not proper 
to do this when it comes to the Shekhinah because it looks like a person feels like, oh, what a burden. I don't want to have to schlep this all the way onto the top of the Mizbeach. I'm just going to leave it here. Let somebody else finish it. You know, it looks like they don't want to finish the mitzvah because they left it and they didn't come back to complete the process. So Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov says that, yeah, true. In general, we would say the more people do a mitzvah, the better. But in this case, it makes it look like the person went halfway and he's like, you know what? I'm just going to leave it there for somebody. I don't feel like going the rest of the way. It doesn't look nice. So he says you have to complete the process. So then it, there would not be a fourth lottery because the lottery would not be necessary according to Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov because there's no, um, there's no need to assign somebody for that job. It's the, whoever got the first jo- part of the job finishes it. Now, the thing is that Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov and Rabbi, and Rabbi Yehuda don't agree with each other. What does that mean? Because Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, he's taking off one of the uh, one of the uh, one of the um, one of the lotteries. In other words, he's taking off one of the uh, one of the things for which you have to be assigned uh, a job because he's taking off bringing the limbs to the top of the mizbech. But uh, but Rabbi Yehuda had taken off something else. He had taken off whoever's going to bring the coals from the outer altar onto the inner altar for the ketorot. Because remember, that requires two people. The ketorot requires two people. It requires somebody to, to put the coals and somebody then to put the ketorot on. So uh, we had said before that according to Rabbi Yehuda, that person is automatically chosen. Whoever's standing to the right of the person who gets chosen for the ketorot, he gets the honor of get, bringing the coals to put on the mizbeach, right? Rabbi, but that would make it that, according to Rabbi Yehuda, since you have already the lottery of uh, who's going to bring the limbs up, so that covers for the missing lottery of the, of, of the fire pan. But according to, Rabbi, uh, according to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, that you don't have uh, a separate person who goes to bring the uh, lottery for the separate person, who, uh, people who are going to bring those limbs onto the mizbeach. So therefore... Um, so therefore he's going to say that the, that the fire pen requires a separate lottery because that will give you another lottery for the fire pen. In other words, the ketoret and then for the fire pen, another lottery. So that gives us the additional lottery that's missing from the, uh, from the number. Okay. So, uh, he'll, he'll put that instead. In other words, the last, the fourth lottery, according to Ben Yaakov, is who's going to get to bring the coals? Because the third one was the ketoret. So the fourth one will be, okay, and who's going to get to bring the coals from the Mizbeach for the ketoret? And that would be the uh, fourth lottery, according to Ben Yaakov. It would be a separate lottery. Okay? So in, instead of just saying from the third lottery, oh, whoever won the third lottery, which determines the ketoret, whoever's to his right is going to be, be the one who brings the coals. Rabbi Ben Yaakov says, no, we need four lotteries, so we're going to do another lottery who gets to bring the coals. We don't need a fourth lottery who's going to bring the limbs to the Mizbech because we already know that whoever brought them up to the ramp is going to bring them. Okay, so that's, that's the And if you happen to find somebody who says there were five lotteries, right? That person doesn't agree with Rabbi Yehuda and doesn't agree with Rabbi Eliezer. In other words, if you say that there's a lottery for who's going to bring the limbs of the korban up to the mizbeach, onto the mizbeach, not just up to the ramp, but on the mizbeach. And you say that there's a lottery who's going to bring the fire pan of the coals to the inner altar before the ketorot is placed on them. So then that's going to add a lottery. You're going to have five. So meaning if you see any source, the Gemara is saying, if you find a source that says there were five lotteries, then that person didn't agree with Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov to subtract the lottery of placing the limbs on the Mizbech. And he also didn't agree with Rabbi Yehuda that you subtract out the placing of the fire pan coals on the inner Mizbech. 
Okay, so then you could actually come out with five lotteries. The only reason we have four is because according to Rabbi Yehuda, one of them we don't need. And according to Rabbi Eliezer, Ben Yaakov, one of them we don't need. But if we needed both, because we needed to assign a new person to take each one of the, um, of the limbs of the Korban up onto the Mizbeach, and if you say that, you know, and plus you also say that you need a separate, pers- a separate lottery to determine who's going to bring the coals, so then you're going to end up with five lotteries instead of just four. Now the Mishnah says, Tamid The Korban Tamid itself is, and this is not including the Shechita, the Zrika, and everything, because we already said that there's 13, right? We already said that there's really 12 or 13 Kohanim that are involved because they have to wash their hands. Who has to wash their hands? We talked about it yesterday. So it's saying now, from, Rashi says, He's only counting from the time that the korban is already slaughtered, from the bringing up of the korban to the ramp and on, is nine kohanim are needed. Not including the person who does shechita, not including the person who receives the blood, not including the person who throws the blood, right? That's not included here. That's why you don't have 12 or 13, you have only nine for the korban tamid. So he says, the, or the trumat edition, right? So that's why you have only nine. So he says the nine, or sometimes ten, sometimes eleven, not never less and never more. Now, okay, uh, so, uh, the, so how does it work? Korban um, tamid by itself requires nine. Now, we learned already that it requires twelve or thirteen, right? Because you have chumat adeshen, you have shechitah of the korban, you have the receiving of the blood, you have the throwing of the blood. Okay, that's four additional ones. Forget about those. We're just starting from the bringing of the limbs up to the ramp. You need nine kohanim to carry the different parts. Rashi explains. Because you need uh, somebody who's going to take chamishala uh, evarim. There were five different kohanim necessary for carrying the parts. Remember we said the head with the back leg, the f- two front legs, the, the, the flanks, all the different parts. You need five kohanim. And Rashi says, vechad you need one for the kravaim, one for the inner organs, and one for the solet, one for the flower, and one for the flower offering of the coin, and one for the wine libation. That is going to be a total of nine kohanim. Now it says, and this is like Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, because it doesn't have another kohen for the bringing of the, uh, of the limbs uh, onto the Mizbeach itself. It's, in, it's a, assuming that the same people who brought it up to the ramp are also going to put it on the Mizbeach. Fine. So that's nine. Now, Bechag, Biyad Echad, Mai, On Sukkot, you're going to need ten Kohanim because you have what's called Nisuch Hamaim, that they pour water on the Mizbeach. That's going to require an additional Kohen carrying a jug of water. Ben Arbaim, Bechadasa. So you need 11 for the afternoon because So we know already that, the, that we needed nine kohanim for the basic korban tamid to begin with. Plus, you're going to need uh, two people carrying shnei gzerayetzim because the rule was that in the morning they also put two logs on the mizbeach, but that was done by the same kohen. In the morning it was done by one kohen. The same kohen who did the trumat also put two logs on the uh, mizbeach. Okay, set up the wood on the mizbeach and put the two logs shnei In the afternoon it's done by two kohanim. They do it again with two kohanim. So you have two more kohanim for the korban tamid of the afternoon. Okay, now... 
and and so that's on a regular weekday. B'Shabbat, B'Chadasar. So on Shabbat, you need 11. Who atzmo b'tish'ah? Obviously the 9 that you need for Korban Tamid. U'shnayim b'yadam sh'nei b'zechei levonah sh'lechem apanim. This is in the morning, right? So it's saying in the morning of Shabbat, you need 11, not 9. Why? Because 9 for just the Korban itself. And then the lechem apanim. What happens with lechem apanim? We learned about it in a masachet menachot a million years ago. You have two spoons of frankincense on the shulchan next to the lechem apanim. They would take and they would put it on the mizbeach. As the, that's the offering from the Lechem Apanim, and then the Kohanim will eat the Lechem Apanim. So you need two Kohanim, one to hold each one of these spoons and put it onto the Mizbeach. So that's two more, that's 11 for Shabbat morning. If it's Shabbat and Sukkot, so now, you're going to have an additional person who is uh, carrying the... Um, Carrying the water for the water libation for Nisu Chamayim. So that's going to come out to a total of 12. And that's why I said the most you're ever going to need is 12. Because you're going to need all of the people for the Korban Tamid, uh, which is 9. Plus you're going to need two people for the two Bazichei Levona. Two uh, Bazichim, the two spoons of the Levona. That's going to be tw- that's going to be 11. And then you're going to need one more for Nisu Chamayim. If it's Sukkot, that's going to be 12. That's the most you're ever going to need for Korban Tamid of the morning. According to Rabbi Leiz ben Yaakov, who doesn't require anybody else to bring the parts of the korban from the ramp to the mizbech. That's the conclusion. Now, the Gemara says, Amar Rabbi Abba, Vitem Rabbi Barchama, Vitem Rabbi Yochanan. Three possibilities of who said it. Either it was Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Barchama, or Rabbi Yochanan. Em naschin ma'im bechag, ele v'tamit shal shachar. When do you pour the, 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 the uh, nisuch ma'im? You don't do it in the afternoon. You just do it one time. In the morning, in the morning korban. Right? Mimai, how do you get that? Mide katani b'shabat shabatoch hachag v'yad achad zochit shalmayim v'yisal katatach v'david shalbena arbaim minaschid right? B'chol namim v'shkachat la So he says, if you're t- that in the it says on Shabbat which is during Sukkot one person's hand is in one person's hand is a jug of water right? So it says, if you say that they did it in the afternoon also so b'chol namim v'shkachat la in the afternoon in the on a weekday you will also find the same situation, okay? In other words, the uh, so Rashi explains. He says, "Miklal de that the implication is that only on Shabbat you're going to need twelve. You're not going to need twelve if it's during the week, okay? You're not going to need twelve during the week. But the thing is, because we already learned that an afternoon korban every day of the year requires already 11 people. Because it requires 9 to do the korban and 2 more to bring the wood. That's a special thing of the afternoon korban, that there are 2 more that bring the wood. So there's already 11. And if you're doing Nisuch HaMayim also in the afternoon, you're going to have 12 kohanim on a weekday, meaning on Cholamoid Sukkot, or the Chag of Sukkot in the Shabbat afternoon. Not, he's saying even not Shabbat. In other words, he's saying, if the, the only case the Gemara is saying that you would have 12, or the Mishnah is saying you would have 12, is when Shabbat is, is Sukkot. Why? Because you have in the morning, the Korban Tamid is 9, 2 more for the spoons of Levona, and 1 for Nisuch HaMayim. That's 12. Now, if, if in the afternoon you also have Nisuch HaMayim, then you're always going to have, then you could have 12 during the, uh, the during the Cholamoid of Sukkot, that's not Shabbat, or a regular, or on the first day of Sukkot, that's not Shabbat. Why? Because in the afternoon, you always have 11. 
Right? You always have 11 because you have the 9 plus the 2 that carry the wood in the afternoon. So, and then if you're going to add Nisuch you're going to have 12. So then why does it have to mention Shabbat morning? You have 12 because you have the two spoons of Livona plus the, uh, the, the Nisuch That You don't need to say that. Just say it's in the afternoon you have Nisuch and there's already 11. So the plus 1 gives you 12. Right? The fact that to find 12 it had to go for Shabbat morning where you have the two spoons of Livona plus the uh, plus the uh, the nisuchamayim shows you that the nisuchamayim is only in the morning because that's the only time you're going to have twelve. Okay, so and and now he says, um, and he and he says, among uh, Avashir Avashi says. That when they would pour the nisuchamayim, uh, they would say, "Lift up your hands," meaning we want to see you do it. Raise up your hands so we can see you pouring the nisuchamayim uh, properly. Because there was a, a guy, the guy who was officiating the kohen was actually uh, a uh, a tzaduki, so he didn't want it. He wanted to sabotage the service, so he poured it on his feet. He took this, and it was a whole long. You know, it's like the Olympic torch, you know, when they passed it across the world. You know, they had like, it was a whole long thing. They had to go draw the water. There was a parade. They brought it. It was a whole process. And then the guy pours it on his feet. Why would Because they didn't believe in it. Because it's not written in the Torah. <laughs> right. It's not written in the Torah. So they rejected it. It was Torah Shabal Peh. So they, he wanted to reject it. So he poured it on his feet. So they, everyone was angry. Uh, everyone pelted him with their etrogim. Okay, this is mentioned in the Mishnah. It's also mentioned Josephus actually brings it in the, yeah, he, he actually brings it historically that happened, uh, uh, I don't know if it was in his time, but he, he mentions it. Now he says, so, so you see from there, what? Shema Minah. The fact that they had etrogim means it was shacharit, because you don't use, uh, you don't use uh, etrog in the afternoon. So you see that they did Nisuch in the morning. Right, so now Tanya Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer Minayt Amitav ben Avayim Shetun Shnei Kedurim Shnei Kohanim. How do we know that the in the afternoon when you bring the wood to the mizbeach it requires two Kohanim? Shnei Amar Ve'Archuetzim. It says Ve'Archuetzim in the plural. Archu means two people. Right? Im Eno Enyal Leta Bichal Shachar Dichtivu Biyaralei Hakohen Etzim Baboker Baboker. We already have a pasuk about the morning that says Biyaralei Hakohen Etzim Baboker Baboker that the Kohen burns wood on the mizbeach each morning. That's one. That's the singular Kohen. Right? Ve'Archalei. Right, so teneo inyan letamichal ben arbaim. So therefore, when it says ve'archu etzim alaish, it's saying for the afternoon, and it's in the plural. So the plural means two kohanim. Ve'ema idi ve'idi betamichal shachar. How do you know that both psukim are not referring to the morning? Right. So maybe what the Torah is telling you is to do it. You know that the uh, uh, and and to do it again. So so we so Rashi explains. Kohen echad is sedish nekdoim b'aboker dechtiv ubiyar alei akohen v'navid trei shuv yaviu shneko ani also shnei gizrehen od b'aboker. In other words, how do you know they don't? Maybe it's twice in the morning. Maybe one kohen has to bring it, and then two kohanim bring it more. How do you know they're talking about in the afternoon? Maybe it's all in the morning, and it's saying the kohen first will bring two gizrehetzim, and then two more kohanim will come and bring two in the morning, all in the morning, maybe. So it says imkain because. Since the pasuk is talking about the korban of the morning, so how do you know it's talking about the afternoon? So imke nemaka ubi'er, right? Uh, so if that were true, it should say ubi'er, ubi'er. It should say the uh, so it, it's so the uh, the the gemara is suggesting, and what he corrects the text here that um, that what. Right, why doesn't it, or it should say Uviaru probably Rashi has, right? In other words, why doesn't it use the same language 
twice. So ikatavachmana ubi er havamina chad in tre lo. Kamashmalan, the navid chad, vinavid tre. In other words, it's saying that really what we should, we should learn from the Pasuk is that the first time one person does it, second time two people do it. Right? So there, if that's true, in other words, if you want to say that it's telling you that the, uh, that you should have one Kohen do it and then two Kohanim, so then, uh, it, so, why does one pasuk use the language uvi'er to burn the wood and wants us to set up the wood? That shows you exactly what we're saying. In other words, if it wanted to show that they're doing the same activity at the same time, if it wanted to show that first one kohen comes and puts wood and then the other two kohenim come and put the wood again, so it would have used the same language, uvi'er ubi'aru. Right? It would use the same verb, burn, burn the wood. Instead it says, It's two different words. La'aruch is to set up. Bi'er is to burn. It doesn't use the same language. So that shows you it's not that you're having one Kohen do it and then another two Kohenim do the same thing. It's showing you that it's two different activities. And it's not at the same time. One is in the morning, one is in the afternoon. And that's how we learn from what we, that what we said. That in the morning, the one Kohen brings it. That's why it says, that, uh, that, That's in the singular. Okay? And um, and not uh, not in the in the in the plural. And in the afternoon, the one that's referring to plural doesn't mean that that those two kohanim should come and join the kohen in the morning and do a, have three people involved. It means that they do it in the afternoon. Now, um, he said sometimes the lottery is thirteen, sometimes it's fourteen, sometimes it's fifteen, and sometimes it's sixteen. So Rashi explains what does that mean? Thirteen are the Kohanim that are necessary for the Avodah normally, like we learned before. Starting from Chumat Tadeshin through the end is thirteen Kohanim. Right? You have the five Kohanim who are carrying stuff, and you have the you have the uh, you have Chumat Tadeshin, Shita, Zrika, Shita and uh, uh, the the Shita and the uh, and the Zrika and the um and the, uh, we said the Kabbalah goes with the Zrika, right? So the, the stages of the Korban Tamid normally require 13. We know that already. Yudalid Bechag, right? That's the, that's where you have to add another person for the, uh, for the bringing of the water libation. So instead of just going around, we said that they chose one person and they went around, right? So they went around. The first 13 people are going to be the ones to do the Korban Tamid. Now we have to do one more for the Nisuch uh, That will be number 14. Number 15 is Bishabbat, because on Shabbat, you're going to need a regular Shabbat that's not Sukkot. So you're going to need two extra people from your usual 13 to bring the two spoons of Levona. If it's Shabbat that is the holiday, then you're going to need 16, because you're going to need two extra people for the two spoons of Levona, plus an additional person for the... Uh, for the um, uh, for the Misuchamaim, because it's Sukkot, right? So it says, what about Vatanya? It says in the Brite Yudzain. It says 17. This is the version that, that uh, Rashi has, that this is rejecting Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, and, and it's going with Rabbi Yehuda. So Rashi explains, that the one who says you need 17 holds not like Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. You need 17, meaning you need one more person who is going to put the limbs from the ramp onto the Mizbech. According to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, there's no such thing. Whoever the five people were who brought the limbs up to the Mizbech, they're going to complete it and put it, them on the Mizbech later. According to everyone else, 
right? You have two separate, you have another person who comes and completes the job. So that would be number 17. So the Brayta that says there's 17 is holding not like Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov, rather like Rabbi Yehuda, right? Right? Meaning that, um, that there was no separate lottery for, it's not considered a separate lottery choosing the person who brings the coals from the outer altar onto the inner altar because it's just like an assistant to the person who's getting the, uh, who's bringing the ketoret. So he's not considered a separate thing. And according, so that's why you would have, according to that, 17 uh, people chosen for doing the job. That's the way that Rashi interprets our Gemara. That's what it means according to Rashi. Tosfot has a different text. In his text it says, that one that says there's 17 is not like Rabbi Eliezer and also not like Rabbi Yehuda. Meaning that you need to have a person who brings uh, the, uh, an extra person who brings the, uh, you know, moves the limbs from the uh, ramp onto the Mizbech. And also, you have to have a person who brings the fire pen from the outside is considered an additional person. So Tosfot says, no, that really the 17 is, uh, is going to be with all the Kohanim, the 13 that are counted towards the, um, uh, towards the uh, lottery of the regular uh, Korban Tamid, and he counts them. He says, there's the one, the Chumat Tadeshin, right? And then you're going to have the, Mizbe- the one who brings the, the objects, the, the parts of the animal from the, the ramp onto the Mizbeach. And then you're going to have two for the Ketorot and the pan. It's going to come out to 17. I'm reading from the Tosfot. He said, that's not going to be Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov or Rabbi Yehuda. Because according to Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, you don't need the person who moves the thing from the ramp onto the, uh, the things from the ramp onto the Mizbeach. And according to Rabbi Yehuda, you, we don't count the person who gets chosen for the fire pan as one. Right, so so it's but we're counting both in order to create the number seventeen. That's what he's saying. We're counting both of them, and that's why it's not like Rabbi Yezra and it's not like Rabbi Huda. But basically, the point is that these two issues will determine how many are considered to be chosen by the lottery. If you hold that there's a separate person who comes and completes the job of moving the evarim onto the mizbeach from the ramp, that's going to be an additional considered an additional uh, person on the list. If you're holding like Rabbi Yehuda, that the person who brings the fire pan in is not considered an independent mitzvah because he's not chosen by the lottery. He's just chosen by standing next to the other guy. So that would be considered a, uh, that's considered a not counted towards the number. Okay, but if you count both of them, so then you're going to end up with an additional number. At the end of the day, the two issues, though, that are, uh, that are debated is whether that individual is separately designated, the person who brings the fire pan is separately designated, or chosen automatically. And the other question is going to be whether the, the placing of the evarim on the Mizbeach is done by the same person who brought it up to the ramp, or a different person gets to go and complete that job. It's one person, but he'll go up and he'll do all of the placing of the limbs onto the Mizbech. So, we'll continue here on Shabbat.